Welcome to Amplified. We're the show that will help you take your message, whatever it may be, and get it out through social media, networking, and other marketing channels. Maybe even some that you've never thought of. Whether you're an organization, small or large business, or you just have the next positive message that's sure to go viral, you'll want to stay tuned this hour. Now, here's your host, Ken Rashawn. All right, this is Ken, Dr. Smiley. I got my coffee cup ready to go. Haven't brought this sucker out in a while. Look, he's even got a little nose. See the little nose there, Joseph? Got a little snowman nose there. (laughs) So uh, let's give a little shout out to our sponsors first. Let's go with Amplifluence. Amplifluence first. That's with Dr. Michelle Mraz. We're doing a big book tour. We'll talk about that in detail a little later. We have Perfect Publishing. Can you believe it? I got the, the sponsor right handy. We don't have an air conditioner duct uh, sponsor yet, but uh, Joseph's got a couple of leads for us on that one, so we're excited there. we got the keepsmilingmovement.com. We have Men Fashion, who dresses me in the shirts. Today, I'm taking a break. I'm going all logos today. So every once in a while, you got to throw a little spin. Right, Joseph? That's right. So we have uh, a big show because you are the new winner in the United States of America of the Ultimate Speaker Competition. And I wanted to say congratulations first and foremost. I also wanted to say, of course, howdy, given that you are a, a Dallas man. There's the Dallas Cup for you. <laughs> in all in all truth, Joseph, I don't have a New Orleans. I don't have the Saints uh, Cup. So we had to we had to switch you from a fan of being the Saints to the Dallas Cowboys. I hope that's okay. I will uh I will send you some gear. <laughs> you will? I will. That is the best reward I could ask for. So thank you for that. All right. So how was your weekend? It was great. Um, Filled with Saints games and uh, providing uh, explosive detection dogs out there for them, keeping them nice and safe. And uh, now we got Halloween for the night. Yes, we do. Happy Halloween. So uh, I want to say that your bio is something I'm going to do bigger when we have you on the show for your book that's coming out early next year. And so we'll keep the bio more what you'd like to share, who you are. We're going to go into the dose of hope that's being submitted uh, very soon. And we've, of course, got your, uh, we got your keep smiling shot that we took, Batman and all, right? So um, first of all, how, how, was the, how was the game? It was good. Uh, Saints actually won, believe it or not. Well, we plan these shows so that there's an ups, upside to the game. I don't know how we do it, but we get lucky, very lucky on these these shows. We, we got, we definitely got lucky today. <laughs> how close was the game? It was twenty-four to zero, Saints. So you didn't have to. T- by the way, you didn't have to tell me this that the Saints again. But that was nice <laughs> that you did that. You were like twenty-four zero, just in case you were wondering who had the twenty-four because you told me they won. Right. So I, I remember that. <laughs> well, so if it wasn't the Raiders. It would have been the other team with twenty-four. Yes. So I have uh, I have a couple things to do that are related to Doctor Smiley. So first of all, this was this got you to smile a little bit because you had to you got to send me some Saints gear. Then we had, of course, this guy with the snowman nose, yeah. and then we have I found this my the Godfather, my son <clears throat> William Peach gave me this. Oh, that's cool. And I don't I I, I know I found it when I was cleaning. And I said, man, I can draw smile faces during all this. Some of my son's getting index cards and he's doing a little thing where you do a little thing and you turn it and do a little thing, do a little thing. And then you fl- do the flip book yeah. and he's getting really good at it. That's cool. I mean, he has a man coming to another man. They both explode and then they go and all this stuff. And 
I thought, man, I miss those days, but he's talented. He's and now awesome. and then he, and then he found an app to do it on, and he does like 240 or 50 frames, and it, he hits the play button, and blah 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 blah, and all this stuff's happening. So it's pretty cool. Oh, but man. the last thing I want to show you, <clears throat> smile related, is I drew this for a friend of mine, uh, Gordon Melville, who lives in Canada, and I don't know if you know the, the symbol for considering attempting suicide, but it's a it's a heart and a, and a comma. It's a, it's a semicolon, yeah. meaning you didn't finish. Right. Life continues. So I drew this for him. Oh, that's cool. And it's a modification of the shirt that I did, uh, that I showed at the USC. Yeah, sure is. I love it. So you decide, right? You decide. And that's actually what uh, you did when you went to USC. You decided you were going to play the big game, give it 100%, have everyone impacted. So let's backtrack a little bit. Yeah. Before USC and not much before USC, but we wouldn't know each other if it wasn't a gentleman named Christoph Wyman. So I like to give a shout out to who puts people together. And I've shared many times on the air, Zoom calls, et cetera, that that person attracts people like you, heart-centered leaders. So I want to give you an opportunity to share who Christoph is to you. Yeah. So Christoph is definitely one of these gentlemen that, that the moment you you see him, physically or visually see him, you just know there's something about him because the way he dresses. Okay. And ultimately we know that people can grab people's attention by the way we dress or even the car that we drive, the shoes that we wear, the watches that we wear. Right. But he has a nice hat. He always has a suit jacket on, normally always a tie, a vest. And so it captures your attention. And then just with his personality, it, he brings you in to his room. He brings you into what he's doing in his life and he's always smiling. So I know that's why y'all connected so much, but Christoph is just one of these gentlemen that he cares so much about other people. He just wants to help them win in life. And that's the reason why he's winning also. And that's who Christoph is. That is, that is definitely a great statement of who Christoph is. I'd like to I'd like to add something that I did not hear that I think you'll agree to, which is he cares about creating community. And the reason that's so important is because in a transactional world where we're just trying to get money and pay bills, we don't think about community. We don't think about relationships. We don't think about who they know and how they can impact our world if we just take care of them. And I'm a, a very loyal friend and partner and whatever I can be called team member of USC, because I see what he does when people aren't looking. He doesn't have to have all those Zoom calls. He has them because he wants to create something special. That's it. That's so correct. I say that because USC has a couple ultimate sphere competition.com has a couple of events coming up in January, March, and they have a veterans event coming up in July. That'll be the very first one. J.R. Spear, who I think I've at least connected you with. Did you talk to him? Not yet. We have a uh, call today. I would have canceled the show had I known that it hadn't happened yet. <clears throat> so I noticed, uh, I mean, you, the audience probably notices a little bit, but I notice a lot because I've heard your voice before. And your voice sounds a little raspy. And uh, a lot of people don't know this, but you're a professional meatball competition uh, winner. And so it takes a lot out of the vocal cords to, to be at that level. There's a lot Play of work that. that goes into eating balls. I mean, there just is, <laughs> you know, meatballs, um, whether it's beef, whether it's turkey, I mean, there's just a lot that goes into it. You know, we we met our first dinner at that. Uh, thank you again for treating. Um, we went to a like a, a organic 
place. Yeah, an organic place, super, super uh, in tune with all the different lifestyle choices of eating. Right. And you asked, you said, now how how big are those meatballs? And they were biggins. They, they were biggins. <laughs> they were. And we will post pictures later. I would say so. It would it would take either a cowboy or a saint to be able to do it proper. And you did. <clears throat> so you know, the shows that we do on Amplifluence with uh, Dr. Michelle Mraz, who I'll give you an opportunity since you connected with her so much to make a comment or two. But while we're awaiting that comment, while you're thinking about it, I want to do something that we do on Amplifluence, which is I want to give some shout outs and some birthdays. <clears throat> so Lisa Kalfas, her birthday was on October 24th. And since I was at USC, I didn't get a chance to say happy birthday. She, I met through Jen Duplissis. So Joseph, I think you need to know Jen Duplissis. I do. Know she's, an amazing, she's, she's an amazing, she's an amazing person. Oh, you know her. That's right. Oh, I do know Jen. See, see how I connect you, even though you already connected. <laughs> um, let's go with uh, Ben Honeycutt. Benny, ben Honeycutt has a great book, and his father uh, was actually in the Ultimate Series competition and was a runner-up. Uh, Ken Van Lu, you can never not say happy birthday to a Ken. I mean, they're they're just very important to say goodbye, happy birthday to I bet Jason he smiles Myers a lot too. He does. Jason Myers is a strategist. He's uh, his birthday. Donna uh, Nutson, she's a phenomenal editor and copywriter. Love her. She's awesome. Jeffrey Spokes is a marketer. Um, moving along here. My dear friend, I'm gonna. I might have to connect you with her if you ever come to DC, which you are, right? Uh, I mean, course. we have the Library of Congress. Okay, of course. Gayla Bynum's birthday was just this past Friday. She has We Will Survive Cancer, one of the largest nonprofits in the D.C., Maryland, Virginia area. Wow. Uh, got to say, Ken Jennings. Ken Jennings. You got to say happy birthday, Ken Jennings, because it's got Ken in there. All right. Um, and getting getting the nitty gritty here. I'm I'm passing some just because of time. All right. So let's go ahead and finish with Morris Small, who did. Uh, he did filming at my office during the pandemic and I got to be in a, uh, some type of movie, whatever it is, but it was, it was a comedic movie. I, I, I played a, a police officer for a whole two minutes, maybe three. <laughs> That'll make anybody smile. <laughs> That'll make anyone smile. And it was Happy comedic. birthday to everyone out there. <laughs> yes, indeed. And if you have a shout out for a birthday, by all means, do you have one? Do you, do you look at Facebook to see who your birthday people are? That's no, sometimes how I remember whose birthday it is. Well, me too. Me too. So Facebook is, it was very smart about that. You know, remember how they had the poke and that one only well, lasted yeah. so long. And then they had the like pages and really, I don't know if like pages even, I mean, I know they exist, but I don't think anyone really posts there anymore, but yeah. birthdays will never, never end, never stop. Nope. And, and what's important, uh, there was a trivia. I don't know what year it is, but I think it's 2055. Do not quote me on this, even though I'm on the air and I have my mic closer to my mouth, but something like 2055, uh, Facebook will be the largest graveyard. There will be more people dead that were on Facebook than are alive on Facebook. Like wow. I said, don't quote me on that, but it's some kind of trivia like that. You know, I, I love trivia books, so I read them, and, and my son makes trivia books out of them because he can Google stuff and say, that's which, pretty cool Which, stuff. by the way, not to interrupt you, I showed it to my fiance as well as my kids, and they were just like, oh my goodness, this was... This was made by another uh, another kid our age, and I'm like, yeah, look at that, look at the history in this. So it was really, really cool, and uh, and he's doing amazing things, just selling out the wazoo in the BMC area, the Baltimore, Maryland area, and uh, so congratulations to him because that is a pretty neat book and some definitely some history and reminders. I didn't have Boy Scouts on my list. Now you gave it to me. 
So I, I, I want to, because Boy Scouts is actually pretty relevant to, to this conversation because you were, oh man, this is so good. You can't plan something like this. Kenny's last day of selling popcorn where he was just a smidgen away, I think it was $76. Um, oh. I made an announcement at USC, Ultimate Sphere Competition. Joseph's in the front row and he says, you don't need to have any more of that Woody short. Here's a hundred dollar bill. You put it right on the table. And I said, okay, he is at the place he needs to be. And I thanked you. And the best way I could thank you is to take it off the photo package you just bought like an hour before. So, you know, you didn't know I was going to do that. I didn't know you were going to do that. And that's kind of the game of, of giving and gratitude, right? That's it. But my son finished number one in his pack, which is cool because it's a very large pack. It's about a hundred. He finished number three in the state of Maryland. It's not the complete state, but it's a very large component of the state. He finished number three because I know it's a big state because they had something like 20,000 people he was in when he first got in the the game. It was well over 20,000. You know, uh, next year, we're going to only buy $5 in the first day. So I'm I'm not calling you for that $100 or $1,000 donation to Boy Scouts. You know what I'm going to do? I'm I'm paying five dollars to the Boy Scouts because I just want to see where he lands. Yeah, on the first day, because if he lands at number fifty six thousand or whatever, you know how many people he's passing as he goes through those sales. That's so it. he finished number two twenty two, two hundred twenty two wow. out of the entire nation, two point two million. Started ten days late, and that boy knocked on doors almost every single day. If he had piano lessons, he didn't do it. And if he had soccer, but almost every day. And he would say, I'm not going to stop until I get three or five sales. And I said, okay. And he learned to stop using the word try. This was a big deal because during that time, I asked him to try to, I said, can you score a goal this weekend? Are you going to score a goal? Because his team had lost every single game, Joseph. Every single game. This Saturday, they got their first tie, 3-3. And they have lost 15-1, to 12-1, to 7-1, 5-1. Two to one, and now they just got a three-three score, and they now believe they can win. You know it didn't hurt oh. though. You know it didn't hurt. What? They said the first time you guys win, you get a pizza party, and you would think that was taking to Disneyland. That is a big damn deal, pizza parties. It is. <laughs> Even as adults, I, I don't think there's meatballs on them. Oh my yeah. goodness! In, is that true? I mean, come on, sausage, sausage, and meatball pizza. Oh, oh, listen, we have a place down here called Gendusa's, and he's an Italian guy, all right? And he imports his food, some of it even from Italy, and the sausage is homemade, and you don't have slices or little tiny pieces of sauce like the size of your your thumbnail like Papa John's puts on there, right? Right. These are chunks. These are full-size meatballs, but sausages, sausage on your pizza. Two pieces, you're like... I have meal. I have a meal for the next four days. Yeah. You can pick up the sausage and just be fine <laughs> off picking off the sausage off the pizza. That's so, awesome. We'll I'm, looking forward to have, I'm looking forward Dr. to having Michelle a pizza some. like that with you. Well, we, we made a mention of uh, Michelle and Michelle's the one who actually got me going on these birthdays. So we, we say all the birthdays, we tag them if we get to it, but um, Michelle and you really clicked. We did. So, Tell, uh, tell our audience, since uh, Michelle is not always on the show, she's rarely on the show, actually, uh, just like you, it's one time, but since you're going to be doing a book next year, we just got to bring you back. So we're going to call it one time this year, one time next year. Next year. What, what was Michelle like to you? What, what, what caused you to have an immediate kind of friendship with her? So I met Dr. Michelle. It's the first time I'd ever heard her um, at the Ultimate Speaker competition in Phoenix, Dr. Michelle Moraz. 
and never heard of her before, which is my own fault, not hers. Okay. But it was just her, her openness. That's really what drew me in. Okay. I've met a lot of speakers. I've been, I've traveled around the, uh, you know, not only just the United States, but also other countries and have spoken and I've never met somebody more inviting, okay, to include yourself than both you can and Dr. Michelle, you know, and just from the very get go, you know, because, you know, I was ultimately kind of checking out competition. We all do. And we're at, we're at that kind of stage, whether you're eating meatballs or speaking on stage, you know, and, you know, when she went up there, she just had this personality about her that made it one, put the proof behind what she calls herself an, an expert in, in uh, coaching and teaching people to speak. Okay. And, but the, the pepper is what she calls it. The pepper, you know, that she has the ultimate sauce, so to say, that she has the flair in the way she talks, but it's not just on stage. It's her personality. She's always singing. She's bubbly. She had just flew in from Europe from a major book tour. And for unbeknown reasons, she couldn't get back home. And so, of course, with your persuasion, she came to Phoenix. And if it wasn't for anything, it was for me. Yeah. And I saw that and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to seize the opportunity because I'm always, I'm an opportunist and I'm going to seize the opportunity to have not just a relationship with her, but to begin with, I just wanted to. I just wanted to get to know her. I wanted to get her feedback. I wanted to mm-hmm. get to, I wanted to get in the inside, so to say, because I knew that if she was confident enough to go up there and say the things that she said, talking about working with executives and working with businesses and working with speakers to take them to the next level, I'm like, okay, well, let's see what you know. And just by her open invitation, so to say, to not just me, to everybody in the room. Didn't matter mm-hmm. if you were a speaker, didn't matter who you were, how much money you made. She was the same person to every single individual in there. And because of that, I wanted to get to know her. And so it was just like attracts like the energy that flows, you know? And so I took advantage of that. And it went from talking about conversations of speaking to conversations of meatballs at the dinner table, you know, to even just ultimately she's going to be on my podcast in in a few days. And, you know, just even the coaching and the aspect of helping write the book, helping me become an even better speaker. So that's, that's a small little dose of what I saw to Michelle and just the fact that she just opened up her heart with humility to me and was willing to even just teach me. I don't know who else took advantage of her and her ability to coach, to speak, to even judge while at the event, but I did. And I'm, I'm will be forever grateful for that. I already call her mom. (laughs) I told her she can't get away from it now. That's awesome. He's stuck. It is weird because the day before she was leaving for Colorado Springs after a very long duration on the road, there were six flight options. <clears throat> and being uh, you know, prudent, savvy about not wasting money on an Uber, I said, since there's so many flight options, come to the airport at the same time I am, I'll buy the Uber. <clears throat> so she does. We get to the airport and she says, just like a normal A-list person does, hey, I'd like to take an earlier flight. 
all six were gone. Every one of them were gone. And she says, and, she, and you know, that takes a long time to go through all six. I mean, that was a good three, four minutes. So she says, just out of curiosity, what's Phoenix looking like? And they said, oh, it's wide open. We got five seats on this, the flight that uh, he's on. And she says, I guess I'm going to Phoenix. <laughs> it was God, man. It was so cool. It's amazing how God. Because I, I put it out there. I said, I said, you, you've been on the road a long time. It's time to go home. It's time to go home to Colorado Springs. I would love for you to go to Phoenix, but I can't give you the reason you have to be there yet. And the airport did. The airport says, here's the reason you're supposed to. <laughs> That's right. So that so was really you, cool. Dr. Michelle, thank you. So um, you have a lot of lessons that you taught on that, uh, on that stage. And there were uh, some really fine uh, runners up. There were some really fine talent out of the 20 people that were competing. But I liked your messages. And I know we're not getting into the who I am and the dose of hope at the level I'd like to. So I would like to say when you entered that stage and I heard you at the end, and how you said what's more important than winning. I like that message. I'm going to have you give that in a second. But you told me afterwards that that wasn't your first rodeo, not to do a Dallas term, but that you had six figures of training behind you. And I had seen and heard you over the course of the, those two days say, I went to this to learn how to speak. I invested 10000 here to learn how to speak. And you had different uh, reactions of feedback. But when you're paying ten k to learn how to speak, you're committed. And you said something that I would like to say that when you were in the top 50, I want you back on the show because you said it only a day or two ago. Yeah. You said, I, I Googled who the top 50 are and I want to be on that list. And that's, that's saying something because Dr. Freeman A. Herbowski third, who's in Dose of Hope, if you Google him, he's one of the 100 most influential people in the world. He's mm -hmm. in the Dose of Hope. That's a big thing when you're on a list that big. Yeah. So it takes a lot to say that too. Because that's, that's a very ignorant thing to say, or it's a very committed thing to say. And I know it's committed because you've already got the investment and right. you talked about investing. So would you share your message that you said that was more important than winning? Do you remember your closing comment you said? On the very last? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, ultimately kind of just give all the listeners just a tad bit of the background of the that specific talk is it's the finals. It was three people in the, three speakers in the finals, and we all had to choose a card and um, my card that I chose was, if you were on your deathbed, what would you regret? Then what would you do? And I just kind of gave a little backstory about um, losing my wife of cancer almost four years ago. And I talked about our journey and the understanding of, and this is something that just came to me as I was preparing for that. And I didn't have a long time. I had seven minutes. Okay. And as I'm sitting there, uh, by the way, you had seven minutes to prep and seven minutes to speak, right? Seven minutes to prep and seven minutes to speak. That's right. And so as I'm sitting there, I'm like, aren't we all on our deathbed? If, if my faith and my faith, I believe that our days are numbered. The Bible talks about it. Okay. So if that is the case, and I truly believe that then from the moment that we were born, we're on our deathbed. The difference is, is we have the choice that we're walking around, we're, we're, we're participating in life, we're going throughout the things that we're called to do or that we want to do, okay? And so with that is I realized by the experiences that I happened, that happened over my marriage, my 14 years of marriage, the time that my wife was diagnosed with cancer, and I came to the realization after she passed away that you don't 
realize how much time you have to spend with people until they're no longer there to spend time with. And it hit me probably honestly harder than losing my wife, the aspect, the thought of losing my wife, because that was something that I couldn't take back. It was something I couldn't apologize for. It was nothing that I could change at that moment from the past. Okay. But I knew that I had created that habit also of with my children. I'm always on the, I'm always on the phone. I'm always this, I'm always this, you know? So I realized that I had to start changing that with my children and spending more time with them to the point that I became and still am their hero. And of course, with that being that hero, it's a mindset. Okay. And knowing and understanding that my dad is going to be my greatest. My dad is going to be this. And it's spending that time with him because I'll never get that time back. The time I spend with them in the morning to school, I never get that back. And that was the mentality that I take on now of being winning because when you help other people win, I'm helping my kids win by being that hero and other people win too. Thank you for finishing with that because that was the ultimate message I wanted you to share in this closing part of the segment, which is you said, you said, what is more important than winning and how do you win biggest? It's when you help other people win. And I loved that comment, not just because it came from your heart, but it's how you play. Because you did, I saw you every single time someone needed something, whether it was a chair or anything, you just bolted. When someone said, my son's $74, you just bolted. It was just always, how do you help another person win? So Joseph James, you are an amazing human being. I'm so glad we have one more segment to dig deep in the dose of hope side of it. How do people connect with you? How do people follow you? You know, one of the greatest ways to follow me right now is um, Instagram. It's meet Joseph James, M-E-E-T. I thought you were going to go with M-E-A-T. I thought you were going to go with, <laughs> by, by the way, you know, you could probably get meatball Joseph James. I mean, that it might be available. only for you and Dr. Michelle. <laughs> now that the whole world knows All about right, the so, meatballs. Ladies and gentlemen, it is meat, M-E-E-T. Do not go into the carnivore land there in that one, right? <laughs> meet Joseph James on IG. And uh, just a quick shout out to our sponsors. We have Amplifluence. What's your company, Joseph? What's your What's your podcast? So my podcast is called Purpose Through Pain. Purpose Through Pain is our sponsor today. Purpose Through Pain is our sponsor today. And that's a great title for a book. It's a great title for a compilation, a great title for a veteran book. We have, um, <clears throat> heck, I'm going to give the Boy Scouts. They're going to be our sponsor today. They don't even know it. Southwest is going to be a sponsor today. They don't even know it. We're just giving it out. We're giving it up. Um, perfect Publishing, Keep Smiling Movement, the Umbrella Syndicate, and of course, Voice America. Big shout out to my big brother, Jeff Spinard. The founder of Voice America, we lost during the pandemic every single day, and especially on Mondays. I think about a, a, a glorious man that man is, how much he's made a difference uh, for the 400 hosts of Voice America. So this is Ken Roshan of Voice America. We'll be back with Joseph James. We're not going to do a cliffhanger right now because we don't need to. We're coming back for the full story of Joseph James in one minute. sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. 
The Umbrella Syndicate amplifies good causes, good people, and good messages. They offer a suite of services that help people and businesses gain better exposure. Through working with the Umbrella Syndicate, you gain the ability to reach an audience of 50,000 unique people a week. They have recently reached over 20,000 followers on Facebook. You can view their photography and how they use it as a strong promotional tool on their Facebook fan page, facebook.com slash the Umbrella Syndicate. Show them your support by liking their page. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. This is Amplify. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. We also would love to hear from you via email to info at UmbrellaSyndicate.com. Now, back to Amplify. Wow, we covered the whole second segment during the break. We have to do it all over again. <laughs> hey, do you see a little bit of a theme here? I want to I ask you, do you see a little bit of a theme? This? Yeah. What do you think is on here? It's probably something to do with smiling. It's only smile shots. It's this only is smile completely, shots. this is one terabyte of just smile shots I've taken. <laughs> That's I mean, that's 10,000 or more smile shots. Unfortunately, I didn't know I was supposed to get names. God didn't tell me I was supposed to get names at first. So I was just practice time. And so I have 5,000 shots of people that are legitimately authors, speakers, leaders, and I don't know who they are. It's so funny. So we have a mystery book that we're sending out um, to people and saying it's, it's, it's too cumbersome though. I mean, if you have a mystery book of of 20 or a hundred, you could say, I know five of those people, but 5,000 is daunting. So, I guess I should say welcome back. Welcome back, Joseph James. Well, thank you there, Dr. Ken. Smiley. You know, <laughs> since my middle name is James, I sometimes feel like I got to add another last name afterwards. I guess you get that a lot, right? I do. Yeah. You're like, Joseph James, and tell me the rest. <laughs> <laughs> See, my name used to be Kenneth James. It was, it was Kenny James. And they were like, it's not going to be enough. You're an East Coast person. You need a last name. So I said, well, put Roshan at the end of it, at least. Roshan. That's funny. <laughs> I had a guy that uh, checked me. Uh, I bought one of those battery packs for the back of my my phone. My wife my wife made out big time. She got a um she got an Apple Watch for her birthday. I guess I took. Oh, here it is. It was low, so I, I got her one. And guess what? These suckers don't work on iPhone eight or before. So she mm-hmm. made out on she made out on a new iPhone too. Because well, cool. I, I got, I got it. I mean, it took forever for, with the pandemic and all, it, it took forever for me to get this uh, iPhone watch for. And then, so I, I got the phone and now they have battery pack. You just, they just magnetically stick on the back of them. Oh, nice. So this guy, this guy uh, was handling it and he said my name right. And I said, you said my name right, Rochon. Like, I was like, where are you from? He goes, oh, I'm, I'm French. I go, explains it all. I said, I got in a lot of trouble in Quebec. Because I, I was in French land and they read, they said my name and I, I made an illegal U-turn and they said, uh, your name is uh, Rochon? And I said, oui. And he says, parlez-vous français? And I said, 
Oompa, you know, the normal thing you say when you've taken five years and you don't practice. And he was irate. He was not happy. He was like, your name is Rochon. You don't speak French. <laughs> needless to say, needless to say, he gave me a nice ticket. And, but when I saw how big the ticket was, I was like, really, you can't like be a little cooler about this. I mean, I was, I didn't say it quite that way, but I was like, you, you can't make it a little lower than this. He's like, monsieur, I could take you to jail right now. And it was because I didn't have my insurance card with me, Joseph. Even though I have insurance, I didn't have it with me. I think it, he wanted you to really prove that you are a Roshan. Exactly. Not a Russian. A That's right. A Roshan. So um, we have so much to talk about because we spent so much time having fun. And Meatballs probably took about seven or eight minutes of the show, the first segment. Right. <laughs> okay. So who are you, Joseph James? I'd like you to answer that um Pretty succinctly with, where were you born? What was your childhood like? What were your parents like? So I was born in Jacksonville, North Carolina, right outside um, Marine Corps Base Camp Lejeune. My dad was a 20-year retired Marine, and our life, our home life was revolved around that mentality. My dad grew up in a very harsh family, and so because of the way he was raised, I mean, ultimately, where's the instruction booklet on how to raise your children? Oh, it's a model, right? Okay. And that's exactly what he did. You know, why he abused my mom, I, I do not know. I just don't know if it was already in him, if he saw that. But the level of discipline was taken to a whole nother level. And I kind of reference it. If you're always meeting, eating spaghetti meatballs, you don't want, you know, like hot dogs, you, you, you know, because you're always, so when you're always at a level of high discipline, timeout doesn't work, you know? And so my dad could only continue to take it higher and higher to the point of physical abuse, as well as verbal, mental, emotional abuse. And that's how I grew up. Uh, that's how I was raised. I was, you know, well, ultimately, didn't he kind of, didn't he kind of receive that twice? He received it in his childhood, but he also received it by his occupation. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. I mean, it, you know, and this is something I've learned over this last year, can we can't truly influence other people unless we know how we were influenced or how we are influenced first. And I looked at my style of leadership because I also was a Marine and I know we'll, we'll talk about that later, but even with my time in the Marine Corps law enforcement, my upbringing, I developed a certain style of leadership and it carried over into my home life. It also carried into my professional, my entrepreneurial life. Mm -hmm. When I realized how I was influenced, then I was able to make the adjustments and be like, okay, I saw it one way. I want to do something different. You know, uh, the ultimate, I think, balance of, you know, there's the degrees of how you bring up a child. You bring them up massively strict and you bring them up super nurturing. Right. And they're, they're both really dangerous. And people will not acknowledge that, but I do. I'll acknowledge you bring someone up super nurtured they're not ready for a tough world. No. And they'll cave and they'll cry and they'll go into a fetal position. So you have to actually have both at a hundred percent in balance. Yeah. Cause you, you've got to, you've got to range a raise a tough kid. Even if it's a, a, a daughter, you have to raise tough because you don't want her taken advantage of. Right. Absolutely. And then, and you, you can't you know, have it's it. definitely taught me things about being a parent, you know, the yeah. way I was raised, just like what you said, you can get over the physical abuse. But it's the verbal, it's the emotional that people have challenges getting over with. And I didn't get over them 
for a very, very long time. It became a pattern for me. Mm-hmm. So, uh, after, so you, you've been clear. How, how was your mom? So my mom had actually passed away in 2005. So, so you were young. That, yes. I was 26 years old at the time. Uh, okay. Right at 27, just got married. And uh, she actually missed my wedding um, because she was in the hospital. She was actually in a um, uh, induced coma during the time she had a blood disorder. And um, uh, she, and at that time of my dad, at my mom dying, I didn't have, I say I hated my dad. And, and I, I did, there were things that I did hate about my dad. But it was one of those ones that's just like, man, I really wish it was dad that died instead of mom. Hmm. I love mom. Well, what was mom, like mom when you was were a disciplinarian also. Don't get me wrong. She'd slap you in the middle of the grocery store. You know, <laughs> she'd pinch you or people couldn't see you, you know, in church. I mean, so she, she didn't hold any punches either, you know, but at that time when she passed away, even at the age of 27, I just wished it was my dad. Hmm. And uh, we're going to speed forward in a little bit about your connect, how you're, you corrected that or how you created a best friend. But before we do that, um, at what point did you know you wanted to serve in the military? So it was in 1996 that I, I had already graduated high school, went to Georgia, worked for my brother in construction, knew it wasn't for me. 14 hour days, not getting lunch wasn't a good thing. <laughs> and uh, I moved back home to North Carolina. I thought college was going to be the thing for me. And I'm like, yeah, no, I kind of started working construction again, still didn't work. But here's the thing. This is why I joined the Marine Corps. My parents were having financial struggles. And I thought that if I could join, I'd get a steady paycheck. I'd eventually, I can afford my own car. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I would get college paid for. But I figured that if I did that, I could help out my mom and dad financially. Cool. And that was the reason. Awesome. And what was the, what was the point where you decided you wanted to be a speaker? You know, Honestly, so growing up in church, we had something very similar to Boy Scouts. It was called Royal Rangers, okay? Identical camping, learning all the different things, taking care of communities. It's identical. It's just faith-based, okay? And the Boy Scouts have an award called uh, the Eagle Scout. Well, we had the same same thing called the Gold Medal of Achievement, and I actually um, was awarded that. You have to, just like the Eagle Scout, so... um, I was awarded that out of the state of North Carolina at the time, but it was, I was speaking from a very young age. I used to sing songs on in church, used to be on the worship team at church. My mom used to travel and sing. So I was always used to speaking in front of people. And I remember the first time I ever gave out awards to my little group of, of young um, Royal Rangers. And I said this, Ken, I'll never forget this. I said, they worked their butts off <laughs> and everybody got silent. And I'm like, what happened? They're like, you can't say butt in church. <laughs> now, of course, this was early 90s, right? Okay. But that's how it started. But ultimately, to answer your question is in roughly 2000, I'm sorry, 1999. All right. I'm two years into the Marine Corps. We got two years left. I'm in church and I felt the calling of God on my life. I felt I was anointed to preach. I felt God was calling me to get out of church. I'm, I'm sorry, not get out of church, get out of the Marine Corps, which I loved to, to preach. Um, and that's ultimately where things really started getting serious. About do that, do that uh, 45 second to 60 second version of what you shared about going up the aisle and coming back down. Oh, yes. 
So I was in Bible college and I um, had spring break. It was my first semester in Bible college. And I just, I thought I could go home and I call my pastor up. Like, Hey, can I preach? I feel like I got a word. And so I go home from North, from Florida to North Carolina and I preach. And it was just one of these things that I didn't really know how to deliver a message. So I was watching other preachers. I was taking notes. I'm like, Oh, I'm going to preach that sermon. I love that sermon. So I went home and to my home church and I preached that sermon. And I did, I, when I didn't see the response of what I thought should happen, I started trying to manipulate people by getting them to come to the altar or whatever the case is. Right. And I started getting frustrated. Well, I tucked tail and ran home. I, I, when I say ran home, I went to Florida, 13 hour road trip. And when I got back to college, one of the pastors, and he was also a professor said this, he was talking about humility. And he says, a young man went to his home church and preached. And when he was very arrogant, very prideful. And when he walked down, you know, he, he walked up with his head held high. He walked down with his head almost tucked between his tail. And his pastor walked over to him and said, son, if you would have walked up the way you walked down, you would have walked down the way you walked up. That's beautiful. And I said, oh my God, like you must've been at my church because that was me. <laughs> well, and that's so many people. Yeah. We, and you, you know, humility is a, an amazing way to actually show up for people because yeah. people will take care of what you're supposed to shine with. You don't have and, to say it. And to, to comment on that, it, it's, you can be humble with an attitude, but the way people really truly see humility is through serving. Mm -hmm. And I believe that serving, you can serve your way into destiny. David in the Bible did it. Mm -hmm. Okay. But to me, I, because of that instance, it set a pattern for me to be like, oh my God, will I ever be able to speak again? So it doesn't matter if it's a audience of one, because I've done that, or an audience of 80,000, because I've done that as well too. I walk up there with the same humility that I'm no different than anybody else. And I'm willing to pick up a chair. I'm willing to help a lady down the steps. I'm willing to set up stage. I'm there to serve. And keeping well, that will always keep you humble because it's not about serving. You you're going to be serving some books out. Yes, sir. And there's an Amplifluence book tour that starts uh, November 30th in Colorado Springs, goes uh, to Denver December 1st, goes to Rhode Island, Providence December 2nd and 3rd for the Author Book Expo. Then it goes to December 4th and 5th, New York with the New York Times Square. And we are showing your cover. And the cover, as some people may know if they were listening during the break, is uh, a cover that is still... Got a title, but the title could be Purpose Through Pain. Okay. And give me the 30 second to one minute synopsis and subtitle even. So the way that came about was, was the night my wife was about to pass away. I was watching a video of a pastor and he scared us. He shared a scripture reference. And when I heard that, I'm like, oh my God, this is my why. And he was talking about pain and why we go through pain. We can't touch what we cannot feel. We go through the painful processes in life so we can minister, we can touch, we can relate, we can empathize with other people. And that was the premise behind not only the podcast being labeled that, but also the book, the way I kind of go about talking, coaching, leadership, um, mentoring people is helping people find their purpose through the pain that they've gone through in life. So there's a lot of books about purpose, not necessarily with a focus of pain, but there's a lot of books about trauma 
why does your book need to be done? What's so special about it? You know, a lot of books that do come from trauma, not all books, but they come from a psychological standpoint. These are how to, these are what, you know, um, researchers, therapists, psychologists have developed what has helped people based off of other people's experiences. My thing is, is I'm telling you my experience. I am sharing with you how I went through those things, what I saw work, what I didn't work, what didn't work, what people shared with me, what I shared with other people. It's true stories. And that's the big difference because I've lived it. All right. So let me be Joseph James. And I don't do this almost ever. So I'm going to be Joseph James because I, I am your brother. Can I speak as you for a minute, please? Yes, sir. The reason my book is different is because I've reached a degree of success. And through that degree of success, I have things to share that will only relate to people that understand me and I understand them. And that's why I have to write this book because someone else may have written this book, but they won't relate to the person that's going to read my book. Yeah. And I, I want to make sure that's clear, Joseph, to you and the audience, because if you have a book that's the same as someone else, but you are a different person, you will relate to different people that would not have bought the other book. They're only going to buy it from you. You're going to attract veterans. You're going to attract spouses. You're going to attract um, leaders, speakers. It's a, it's a very big avatar you're going to attract and you have a voice and you also have an accomplishment. You have one. So you're inspirational. You're charismatic. You are truthful. Those come out of that win. Correct? Yes, sir. hundred percent. I'm, I'm done being Joseph James for a second. I'm going <laughs> to go back to being Kent James. Ken, I believe this here. We are living in a lost and dying world. We're living in a world that we can search anything that we want, get the answers that we want in the snap of a finger. Okay. We're also living in a world that no matter what you turn on, social media outlet or news outlet, there's negativity that is filling and flooding this world. People want the truth and they want the truth in a way of people experiencing it. So I believe this vulnerability brings healing to me. When I share my story, I'm being vulnerable. That brings to me my healing, but it's my transparency that brings healing to you. 100%. And they have uh, they've deemed this or termed this the new credibility or the new currency. 100%. Okay. So this uh, pin here being a needle, as you just said, of negativity versus positivity, the world is in flux and there is a lot of negativity. But people like you and people that believe that you can change the world with the power of one are moving us out of destruction and accelerated destruction into hope and inspiration. Yes, and it's not going to be a perfect world, but why give up? Why throw in the towel? And why give up on your children? Why give up on the future? So yes. I, I do believe that people like you, uh, Christoph, Michelle Mraz, Dr. Mraz, these are the people that are needed for that needle to go the other direction. And, uh, you know, being a DJ, it actually is the same thing as the world. You got people that come to a wedding. They just want to talk. They don't want to dance. You got some people come to, they just want to dance. They don't want to talk. And then you got the middle and the middle's the needle. Is it going to be a flooded floor? And is everyone going to have a good time? Everyone stay, or is it a bad time? And it's a cave in and people bolt because they, there's nothing, to, there's nothing to celebrate. Got it. So got it. I think that your book is very needed and I don't see you as a one book, one and done. And I, wanted to acknowledge you that you are very careful and thoughtful about how you're going to give this present to the world. And I am honored that I will be a part of it in some way, shape or form, 
Because when you do a book that's as great as the book you're going to do, but you don't have a plan on how it's going to impact the world, unfortunately, that plan will cause it to not have impact in the world. Right. It'll have the opposite effect. So there are too many beautiful books and beautiful people like yourself that don't know that there's this 80% or 90% or in some cases, 99% factorial of what are you doing with the book after it's done? Right. So I'm excited about your book. I'm excited to see your book on Times Square. And I know it's going to be um, a phenomenal piece. I, I think we were talking at the competition that you might have this out in spring, which would be a lovely way to, to jolster the energy. And then you have a, a compilation book you were pondering for, is it veterans? That is correct. Okay. That is absolutely correct. So, um, you know, just to kind of talk about that with J.R. Spear, you know, is ultimately, is not just sharing my story because even though as a veteran, and I'm, I'm so thankful for the time that I was able to serve my country because I'm a countryman, you know, that's, that's what I was, it, me joining had nothing to do with the influence of my father, believe it or not. Hmm. I knew that just being raised in a good, well home, that country means something to me, you know? And yeah. So did, did the Marine Corps town have influence? It had influence on teaching our children what this nation is about. Hmm. You know, I didn't go, I didn't join the Marine Corps to go to war, but I I went into the Marine Corps to be able to learn how to protect not just myself, but my country to serve, because that's what it truly is, is serving in whatever capacity that may be. It may be war, it may be peacetime, but still you're serving. And that's what my life was about, was serving. Well, we have to get to rapid fire pretty soon, but I was looking because something is going to show up, obviously, right after I uh, the show's over. Um, I'm just, I think I might have found it. It'll be so cool if I did find it. I found it. Man, I found it. God is good. So I got stopped at TSA Clear because I had water in my, my brand new 100 million, 100 million Summit bottle. Oh, I, I wasn't giving you were going to say meatballs. Oh, I wish it was in a way, but the 100 million Summit, that, that, that cup is so cool. Yeah. And normally I'd say, I'm not going to miss my plane or take a chance with my plane, but that cup was cool. In fact, I, I think it's over there, but because God wanted me to meet somebody, I had to go all the way around the airport completely again, empty the water out of the thermos and then go through again. And lo and behold, guess who I'm in front of? I'm in front of Jack Holder, Pearl Harbor survivor, 101 years old. Wow. Decorated to the nth degree speaker, amazing presence completely clarity. And I handed him a cute smiling card because his energy was just so beautiful. And he said, and he handed me this card. I waited 30 minutes from the deboard the plane, just so I could get a photo of him holding the cute smiling card. He is the author of fear, adrenaline and excitement, which I can't wait to have him on, but let's get to the rapid fire. Cause I want the people to know how you feed your brain. Yes, sir. So let's go for it. You ready? Let's do it. Remember these are quick responses to quick answers. All right. Uh, quick questions. What book changed your life? Think and Grow Rich. Okay. What book do you give to people? Ooh, that's probably one that I give is Think okay. and Grow Rich. So there you go. Um, what movie inspires you? I love Braveheart. What's the last great movie you just saw? John Wick. John <laughs> oh, Wick. no, Top Gun. Sorry, Top Gun. I got, I got two for you. I saw Eiffel last night. It's about his amazing Paris hated him for building the Eiffel Tower, and 
It's an amazing movie. Amazing. It's very Titanic-ish. And then uh, Vengeance is a great one. I just watched that two nights ago. Very funny movie. Uh, what? Who's your hero? Believe it or not, my father. Okay. And who is someone you'd like to meet that you haven't met? Ooh. Les Brown. Okay. Um, good choice. <laughs> um, what is a quote you live by? It's probably um, by Jim Rohn. Um, you know, whether, whether you believe it's right or wrong, it's, 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 you're right. You know, yeah, just, I simply, just by the mindset. Amen. And that's a, that's also Henry Ford, whether you think you can or you can't. Yeah, that's right. That's what it is. And I've heard Jim Rohn say it multiple times. Yeah, he might have he might have copied Henry Ford. We don't know. <laughs> a good copier, you know. <laughs> All right, so we, we got two minutes. So I always like to give a, sh a shout out to uh, the people I love. So take a couple seconds to give a shout out to your kids or whatever. First, I just do want to say that I want to say thank you to you, Doctor Kitten. Thank you to Doctor Michelle as well, and uh, and to the Voice America influencers. Thank you guys for allowing me to be on the show. I want to do say thank you to my fiance for all the support that she's been giving me, as well as my children, even the sacrifice of not only just losing their mother, but also allowing me to continue to influence them, as well as share my influence across the world. So thank you, kids. Love y'all. Awesome. And I would say that if we had more time, I'd say what's next for Joseph James, but we are going to know that because we're going to see you on the tour. We're also going to see your book come out in a relatively short time. I'm almost going to predict 100 days. That's what I'm going to predict. Love it. Let's All right. Do it. So we're going to see you at Times Square. We're going to see you at the Library of Congress is what we're putting out in the universe. We will see how the reality sets. And uh, this is Ken Roshan on Voice America Amplified. We have lovely sponsors like the Key Smiling Movement, which amplifies goodness. If you know someone like Joseph James and you'd like to meet Joseph James, not meet M-E-A-T, but meet M-E-E-T, Joseph James. And it's just that's it. Instagram, right? Boom. Yep, that's Instagram. Yep. Okay. Then you need to recommend that they connect with Joseph for his compilation book. You need to recommend them to Amplified because we would like to amplify the life of leaders that create community through hope and inspiration. Joseph James, I love you. I'm so glad that you were able to spend time on the show. Congratulations on your win. I'd like to give uh, a shout out to uh, Michael Cross and Oric Quick for giving you a run for the money. Um, it was yeah. a beautiful, it was a beautiful competition. Uh, any of you could have won, but what I loved is you brought three unique stories showing three unique talents and it definitely showed that you have depth. So yes, this is Ken Roshan and Amplified Voice America. We hope you stay amplified, keep smiling, and I hope to see you on the tour. If you know anyone that's going to be in the tour, you're doing them a favor because if they come to our event, they will be in a keep smiling book for their city as a most influential positive leader how's that for a thank you for coming out to the town <laughs> love it all right so stay amplified we'll see you next week we hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of amplify be sure to join ken rashad again next monday at 11 a.m eastern time and 8 a.m pacific time on the voice america influencers channel now go get your message heard